You listen to him right here on TSN 1050 as well. And he joins us on the program. What's going on, Davey boy? Wheels, I'm waking up in Vegas here. It's, uh, life isn't so bad. Oh, oh you're covering the uh, Lowry, DeRozan, get-together, shoot-around, summer, what is it, USA Basketball Summer Camp? Is that it? Yeah, it's USA Basketball Mini Camp, I believe they're calling Mini it. Mini Camp. Of course, yes, we will, we will, I believe, if, uh, if things go well and, and, and promises aren't broken, uh, we will be uh, having the privilege of speaking with uh, DeMar DeRozan and possibly Kyle Lowry today about but all that's gone on in Raptor land uh, this year. Tell me this. Is it so hot in Las Vegas that DeMar DeRozan's tears will dry up before they hit the floor? Crap, I was going to use that line in my lead. Man, you ruined it for me. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little tired of the, of the DeMar DeRozan uh, cry fest. I mean, I, I've got all the respect in the world for the guy. Sure. There's no doubt about it. I mean, and you need to say that because people get so enraged if you take a shot at DeMar DeRozan. But I do. Look, I mean, the guy's been you know, involved in pro sports for a decade. I think you should understand the way it works. I think you should realize that, you know, things happen. And the idea that Masai Ujiri wasn't going to keep him in the loop, I mean, it's just ridiculous to believe a GM's going to tell a player that, yeah, you know, I, I really wanted to trade you. I was this close to trading you. I mean, I would have happily traded you if I could get a real player in here, but I didn't trade you, DeMar. You know, <laughs> imagine the problem that would have caused this year if uh, DeMar DeRozan would have been in on the Kawhi Leonard trade talks, and the Kawhi Leonard trade talks would have come just short of being consummated. I mean, you talk about an issue with uh, team chemistry after that. So, I mean, it's kind of funny that DeMar is acting this naive and oh, this heartbroken. Oh, it's horrible. Like, your colleague Doug Smith chatted with Charles Oakley, and we all love Charles because he's, like, down to business. He was a, that savvy veteran player that understood the business side of the game, and he said it. Vince Carter got traded. Shaq got traded. Kareem got traded. Just go to San Antonio and play. It's that simple. I just don't. I, I I just can't reconcile with his behavior right now. It's just so petulant. Grow up. It's just we loved yeah. him for his nine years, but come on, it didn't work out. Quite clearly, he was incapable of taking this team to the next level. And ten out of ten general managers would have made that exact same deal if they were Masai Ujiri. So I don't yeah, know what his 100%. issue is. So one hundred percent, and I can understand one angry social media post, but then to do the long interview with Chris Haynes of ESPN and. And bring up the same points. I mean, you know, the emotions got to calm down a week later, and you got to realize, hey, this is the business I'm in. And I'm well compensated for it, and as heartbroken as you may be, you got to understand. I mean, you got you got a job to do. Now you're worried about, you know, what the fans in San Antonio think of you. I mean, he's he's got to straighten it out, and I I believe he will. I mean, if you listen to that Chris Haynes interview, I mean, he was really doing the things that you should be doing as a player, and he was pointing to himself in some ways. He was saying. You know, a moment like this, it makes you look at your failures. It makes you look at what went wrong. And let's be honest, that's the, that's the reason he was traded. Yeah. You know it as well as I do. We saw, it, we saw the, this iteration of the DeMar-Kyle Raptors go five times through the playoffs. We saw all their weaknesses exposed, especially these past two years. And let's be honest here, DeMar DeRozan was a big part of that weakness with his inability or you know, unwillingness to play defense and his very rigid offensive game that – a lot of teams could key on and easily take out of the action too often. So um, you're right. It's, uh, it's time for him to realize it. I do believe he will. And, I, and again, you know, I mean, I don't want to be too hard on him because I, I love the emotion. Like, I love the fact that he is this attached to the city. That he, I mean, all those years we talked about how nobody wanted to stay in Toronto. I mean, it says something that this guy doesn't want to leave. Yeah, well, I've had girlfriends that have really liked me as well, but I didn't like them that much or as well as other options that were out there, and it wasn't keeping them around just because they like me. 
Okay, so I'm I'm over the Demar situation. <laughs> Dave, I'm Fez, Dave Fezchuk, and I'm not even that desirable to put it bluntly. Uh, Dave <laughs> Fezchuk joining us from Vegas. I hope you don't mind talking some puck, Dave, um, because it's my last day before no, vacation. Hey, we'll, I'll tell you, no, you, you know it's funny. You cannot help but think of even though it's 44 Celsius here uh, in the sun, and you know it's, it's a dry heat. Uh, and even though basketball is on the mind a little bit because of this USA basketball thing, you cannot go five steps in this strip without seeing some Golden Knights merchandise. Like really? They have, they have colonized this town in a big way. Very cool. Um, I'm going to avoid the Golden Knights talk because uh, for Toronto purposes, I want to focus on what's going on in the Atlantic Division. And it, simply put, Dave, you got to be better than the teams in your, in your own division if you expect to go on a lengthy playoff run. And that's where the Maple Leafs are at right now. And they just so happen to have two very good teams within their same division, in the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins. As their respective rosters stand right now, how would you rank these teams one through three, the Lightning, the Bruins, and the Maple Leafs? Well, I think you have to give the number one slot to the, to the Lightning just out of respect to the fact, you know, of how far they've gone. I mean, this, this is a team that's been to, what, two conference finals and one Stanley Cup finals three of the last four years. So this is a team that's playoff proven, even though they've never gotten to the, the ultimate prize. Um, and obviously it's a team that's, you know, hasn't gotten any worse. I mean, you can argue their late acquisition of Ryan McDonough and uh, with, you know, locking up Kucherov. Uh, you know, they've, they've, Steve Eiserman's been at the forefront of executive decisions in this league. So they're going to be good. Obviously, Andre Vasilevsky being a Vesna finalist, um, one of the best goalies in the league at times, even though he had some down, uh, down moments this season. That makes them, I think, the number one seed. But you talk about three of the best teams in the league. I mean, I just happen to pop into the occasional sports book here since I've been in Vegas wheels. I mean, go figure. Stanley Cup favorites. <laughs> Wow, really? These are the three Stanley Cup favorites. Like the, these are the top three favorites to win the Stanley Cup according to the odds. And we know that that doesn't say they're the three best teams, but it does say something. And it says that these are three teams that you know a lot of people believe have a great chance to win this thing. So for them to all be in one division, to be in a division that's so you know polarized with with uh, all those teams—Florida, Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo. All really lacking, you know, key key things. Not to mention multiple key things being such bad teams. You now maybe Florida could could pull something out of the fire there, but all those other teams are just in the in probably the worst moment in recent history in their cycle. And, 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 and Dave, this is this is the sheer yeah. this is the sheer stupidity of the NHL playoff format, where in other leagues you might be able to avoid one or two of those teams. Basically, you got to jump through them or go through them to make it deep within your own conference playoffs. So th- that's why I'm yeah. looking on. It, it's great that you bring in Tavares. Uh, you lose JVR, you lose Komarov, you lose Bozak, you lose Martin. Uh, probably overall, you're covered off and you're adding another elite talent player. But if the Maple Leafs done enough, like elsewhere, to close that gap between the two teams that finished and played longer than the Maple Leafs this past spring? Well, you know, you, you can make a case that when it comes to Boston, all you have to do is wait a little while. Because when you look at their core, I mean, Zidane Chara led that team in ice time, and he's 41 years old. I mean, how long can that last? And then you look at Patrice Bergeron and all the, all the battering he's taken as being one of the prime sentiment in this league. Well, he's 33. David Krejci, he's 32. Brad Marchand, as much as we think of him as a petulant young disturber, you know, he's 30 years old. I mean, their core is a lot older than the other two teams' core in the Atlantic Division race, especially the Leafs. And so you can make the case that 
the Bruins won't be a threat for particularly long. But what about this you know, upcoming season? What about this upcoming season, though, Dave? Because for the Maple Leafs now, you bring in Tavares, you're in win-now mode, and you still have $13 million in cap space. Some of that's going to go to Nylander. But once yeah. that money starts getting committed to the likes of Matthews and Marner on a longer term with the money committed to Tavares, then that kind of shrinks, and your ability to add that window closes to a certain degree. You're rolling with what you have, basically. So I really think that right now, is it's win now mode for the Maple Leafs, and I just question whether if they keep their blue line the exact same way that it is, whether they've actually, in fact, been able to close that gap on the Bruins and the Lightning. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, a lot of it, look, look to be honest, feels. I mean, we, we love to think we can prognosticate this stuff, but a lot of it does come down to the playoff lottery, right? Like Washington Capitals, a great example, a team that was down 0-2 in the first round and in overtime in Game Three against Columbus, and of course. Columbus hits the crossbar, and then, you know, Washington wins that game and goes on to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, that goes to show you how, you know, the best laid plans and all the, uh, all the ideas who's good and who's not. I mean, sometimes it comes down to a bounce here and there, and I think, I think the Leafs are good enough now that they're in that situation where it could come down to goalie roulette. Is Freddie Anderson a good enough goalie to take them to the promised land? Or, or, or does a guy like Vasilevsky stone him? In, in yeah, but a you don't want you don't want to leave it to chance. You want to give yourself the best chance possible, don't you? And that's the question: Is there anything more the Maple Leafs should do? Well, you know, I mean, hey, look, we we moved, we've been talking about this. This has been probably the most recurring sports radio topic of this era in Leafland: is how can they improve this defensive core? If it was easy to do it, I think that you know they do it. I mean. And I think, you know, it's not easy to do, right? You, you've been wanting that number one for so long, you know, dreaming about the Drew Doughties of the world wanting to come home. Uh, well, that didn't happen. He's re-signed in L.A. And, and dreaming about an Eric Carlson trade. But, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine the Senators trading Eric Carlson to the Leafs. See, but, and, and see, but Dave, I, I, like, I'm looking like at a notch below. I don't even think that okay. they'd need that number one, that absolute horse. I want defensemen who can defend. That, that's what I yeah. think you need for this team. You just need to protect Frederick Anderson as much as you possibly can. And who on this yeah, blue there's... line are you looking at saying, well, that's my defensive horse. If we want to lock down in, in hard, difficult playoff minutes, who are we going to lean upon? And I think that there's some yeah. big question marks there. No doubt about it. I mean, like, you look at Victor Hedman and, and Strawman in Tampa. You look at Achara and, and Krug and, and McAvoy in, in Boston. I mean, They've got they've got guys that are a notch above the, the, the Leafs guys, and may, maybe maybe the idea wheels is, is is trading Jake Gardner, and I mean that's another recurring sports media topic we've been over many times with Jake Gardner's incredibly up and down play, and of course after his terrible work in uh, in the playoffs. I, I actually don't think we've been I actually don't think we've been talking about it enough. I actually cannot yeah. believe that Jake Gardner still hasn't been traded. I can't believe he's still here. Well, one of the reasons is, Wheel, is, is, is the league is aware of his weaknesses. You know, it's not like as much as he is like a physical stud and he can skate all day. Uh, you know, it's no secret why he's a first round pick who got traded to the Leafs in the first place, and why you know he he has coaches pulling their hair out on a regular basis, as good as he can be uh, when he's not you know having brain cramps. So again, it's it's not easy to make a deal like that. As much as I'm, I'm sure they've tried. In fact, you, you hear that they've tried over the years multiple years to, to, to move this guy. Uh, and now that his deal is, is, is coming up at the end of next year, I mean, it's, it's, it's even more prudent than ever. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move like that to try and, you know, change things a little bit. Because you're right, Wheels. I mean, you know, to think that things are going to change if you don't change the players in a significant way, 
you you could be beating your head against the wall for multiple years if you do not improve this decor. And I agree with you. It's a concern. They know it's a concern. And I, and, and you, ha- you have to believe Kyle Dubas will take action at some point if, if opportunity presents itself. But you, you wonder how hard he's pushing, how, how, how much of a crisis he sees it at. That'll be worth you know, sort of inquiring about as this season sort of shapes up. Cannot wait for it. I love that the conversations changed, quite frankly, to a, from a point where they were building to a point now where the expectation is to win. And that's where I firmly believe that both they and the Raptors are right now, making where you're covering the Raptor, Raptors players in Vegas right now, making it all that more relevant here at the end of July. Thanks for doing this, Dave. I'll catch up whenever I'm back from vacation. Enjoy your stay in Vegas. Have a great summer, Wheels. Cheers, bud. Uh, Dave Fesjak from Vegas can read his reports on the Toronto Star.